We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, hey, it's IB Countdown to kick off. Hope you're having a, uh, a good one after last week's home opening win over Tennessee State. Notre Dame is on the road for the first time taking on North Carolina State. And we are here to talk all about both of them. Really, along with Vince D'Addario and Jesse Styers, I'm Sean Styers. And what just happened? Did somebody open up a window and stick their microphone out there? And like, are you, neither one of you looks like you're driving down the road, but it sounds like one of you. It sound that way. Yeah. Well, I, not from this end. Yeah. Must have been me. I think I fixed it, though. <laughs> okay. Yes. It is gone now. It is gone. Well, uh, Jesse and Vince could both be distracting because as we record this podcast, they've got <laughs> they've got the Cubs game on in the background. Vince is going to try to put on his blinders right now. We will see. We'll see who wants to... Uh, actually take the first question Notre Dame won 56 to three over Tennessee State so biggest takeaway guys was what well biggest takeaway is that they're two and0 going into their power five conference uh, or you know power five part of the schedule or the beginning of the power five part of the schedule and you know they're not banged up I think the uh, offensively so my biggest my biggest biggest takeaway is the productivity of the offense right? It from top to bottom, play calling, the efficiency of it, you know, 12 drives, 11 touchdowns, one missed field goal. Like it's about as efficient as you can possibly be offensively. And I'm excited to see what this offense is and can be against a power five defense because we haven't seen that yet. And but I feel real good about that coming out of these two games. Yeah, I would say the thing my biggest takeaway from the game was, again, the, the mental kind of discipline um, of the team, you know, not a lot of penalties, um, being able to execute when you're still dominating a team um, like they have been. And then uh, the, the ability to get not only your second string in there, but your third string in. I think it's it's valuable and it's something that we haven't seen in the past. You know, Sam Hartman was out of there by halftime. I can't remember the last time a Notre Dame quarterback was out of the game um, at halftime on on their own accord, essentially, you know, Notre Dame taking willingly taking them um, out of the game. So to me, it's the mis- mental discipline of dominating a team that you're supposed to dominate, handling what you need to, and then getting getting depth guys in there, getting those guys who are probably not going to see the field very much, um, some action, and, and you know, seeing what they can do 
on the field outside of a spring game or practice. So I think that was my biggest takeaway of the game. And I think it's interesting that you bring that up, the fact that Sam Hartman was out of there by halftime, the fact that he has led 12 offensive drives through basically a game and a half, and they have scored touchdowns on 11 of them. And the other one, of course, resulted in a missed field goal by their new kicker, uh, Schrader, who has only had the one opportunity to try to kick a field goal so far. But, you know, it's fun to beat up on Brian Kelly. I mean, and let's 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 yes. face it. I mean, it's it's a great sport, right? Beating there up is. on Brian Kelly. We're all playing varsity for that. I one. was I was thinking about this this week, and I never brought it up because I mean, Brian Kelly is such an easy punching bag that I. But would Brian Kelly? Do you think Brian Kelly would have pulled Sam Hartman at halftime and let Steve Angeli go in that early no, in a game? Not I don't think so at all. That's that's my inclination. I don't think I don't think either. he would won, and I don't think Notre Dame would have been winning by that margin at halftime if Brian Kelly were the head coach. To be honest with you, yeah, I mean, look, there's there's zero chance because we've seen Notre Dame in blowouts before, and that has never happened. And I mean, okay, let's go back to the last season that they were last time they were or one of the last times they were undefeated, 2012, right? They they started out the season in Dublin, beating the crap out of Navy. Uh huh. They could have taken the quarterback out at you know at halftime if they wanted to. You know, there's been plenty of instances where the possibility has been there and it hasn't happened. So we have plenty of empirical evidence that we can all, I think, very strongly say that that was not going to happen. And I agree. It, I'm very happy that it did happen for many, 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 many reasons. Um, and it just shows you that things are just different. Things are different these days. Yeah, different different mindset, different way of doing things, and I think that it is all for the better. Even though, as we've talked about with Marcus Freeman, there there were growing pains last year. There could be more growing pains this year. I mean, there was an instance where the defense only had 10 men on the field. It's basically the biggest flub that we've <laughs> seen, and that led to Navy's field goal, I believe, right? Like, or like yeah. in, you know, that short pass that was short of the end zone that was – ended up being incomplete, but they only had 10 men on the field. That's It's really the biggest flub that we've seen because as much as we've talked about organization and all this different stuff, that's that's really it. And to me, my biggest takeaway from this game really kind of relates back to what you're talking about. It is the depth, that really, especially through these first two games that Notre Dame has been able to display and that Marcus Freeman talked about this week. The I need ability a to place so many guys, especially in the first two games, but this past game is, is going to be tremendous. And I don't know when it's going to be needed, but it will be needed. It's guaranteed. We're going to we're going to have to over the course of a twelve game season, you're going to have to have depth, you know, and, and at multiple different positions. For me, for Steve Angeli to go out and perform the way he did, I was extremely pleased. Right to go back and I know we kind of talked about it after the game. I didn't. It was hard to have a great feel right after the game, but to go back and watch it and see some of the execution he made in terms of the checks. There was a third down corner pressure. On, uh, he checked it to the wide out to Jaden Thomas. It was awesome to, to see him do that. Um, and, and really some of the balls he threw and a couple hits he took. Um, that's the guy that sticks out in my head that was, man, you don't know when you're gonna need Steve Angelic or when need him. And, and Kenny Minchie did a good job in his five plays, right? And he, I said, he, he's 100% completion right now. And so uh, that's pretty good, but we will need multiple guys um, throughout this course of the season to get them valuable, meaningful rescues is so important. Fast Fingers Freddy sitting next to me during the uh, the press conference on on Monday. 
for that. Jesse, you were saying something about a buzzer before Marcus Freeman started talking there. What do you need the buzzer for? I need a buzzer to, I need to indicate that I have another significant thought that I, I can't let go of. Um, oh, okay. I'd be remiss if I didn't say my biggest takeaway was the defensive performance. They have given up no touchdowns in two games um, so far this season. And that's, again, that goes back to having mental discipline of, you know, even when you're blowing a team out and your second stringers are starting to work in on, on the defense, I think it's still very impressive that they have not given up a touchdown yet on defense. And that's when you typically, like, you you had a football coach in a high school who was afraid to put reserves in late in the game just because he didn't want to give up a potentially meaningless touchdown because he wanted to to make things look good when it was all said and done. And the fact that that in both of these games you have seen second and third string guys in late in games and they still haven't given up those kind of you know if you want to call it garbage time touchdowns second and third string defensive guys are are still keeping the opposition out of the end zone well yeah not only that but you know jumping back to the offensive side and he talked about Steven Jelly and what he was able to do the other thing Brian Kelly would have never done is put his second string quarterback in with the first string offense and let him run the offense. Yeah. That would have never happened. Anytime a backup got in, it was garbage time. Number one, it was probably for one drive and it was all handoffs, you know, right up the middle, whatever. Like we got to see Steve Angeli run the offense and that's, that's with the first fast. string guys, like you're yes. talking, and we were talking about that as it was was happening up there in the press box, and, that, and that's important that you're not just sending yes. out the entire second team, but you're letting your number two quarterback go out there and run the actual offense with first team guys around him, okay. giving him first team protection and first team guys to to throw yep. to, hand to the whole thing. No chance we see that in the last regime. Zero chance. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, what Marcus Freeman was talking about, the biggest thing in terms of depth, um, you know, the, it, it's it's nice to get a lot of these running backs, wide receivers, et cetera, um, some playing time because it's going to come back and help them down the road when they when they want their best athletes on the field against, you know, Ohio State, um, USC. It's, it's not just a starter's game. Um, these guys need to have the experience, and it's nice to get them experience early so then when they get to these other games there's no like deer in the headlights it's they've been here they're comfortable with the situation and it's time just to play ball at that point Tennessee State's to your point Jesse about the defense their offense gained 55 yards on that first drive that resulted in a field goal they gained 101 yards the rest of the way and you know again an impressive defensive effort I think as a as a guy Jesse who has so much experience in your life from a, you know from a football standpoint playing on defense and Vince you can talk about this you know from from the other side with the offensive background that you had just the fact that these were these were Navy was the season opener obviously but for Tennessee State it was their season opener and we've seen Notre Dame those first couple of in both of these games the defense kind of on its heels maybe a little bit because they're seeing things that weren't on film, but then they were able to make adjustments as as they went along. Just, you know, talk to that a little bit, guys. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Football season is upon us which means my schedule is ramping up even more than normal. And it makes it a lot harder to spend as much time cooking and preparing meals as I want and need. And eating healthy can be especially challenging. That's why I'm looking forward to getting ramped up with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, which can help me fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to my door. With Factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store and save a lot of time on food prep but you don't have to miss out on the flavor. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready to go in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy, and then we can get back to work. And you can choose from over 34 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals. You can level up and get Gourmet Plus options and treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. There are also lunch-to-go options and Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. And you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of over 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like the delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and more. You can also try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, Flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. And they have a great deal for Irish Breakdown listeners. Head to factor.com slash irish50 and use code irish50 to get 50% off. That's code irish50 at factormeals.com forward slash irish50 to get 50% off. Try it and enjoy. Yeah, so it's something that's actually very noticeable in Al Golan's defense is like those first drives seem like a kind of you know, like calibration drive um, for the defensive. I think they they noticed things that maybe weren't on film. Um, and, and, you know, those first 10, 15 plays from an offensive standpoint are scripted. So you're going to probably have stuff in there um, that you've been practicing that you believe is going to, you know, work best or exploit the defense and maybe stuff that you haven't really shown on film. And so it, I, I like the fact that Notre Dame is able to, you know, a, kind of adjust on the fly. Um, and, and we've talked about it kind of before in the past I think it's a credit to their linebackers um, with their experience um, and how smart they are X's and O's wise right like a, a lot of guys on the field when things when, when 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 a team lines up in something they haven't seen before it's almost kind of panic but it doesn't really seem like that with Notre Dame it seems like they have guys out there smart enough to go okay well this is what you were supposed to do this is what I'm seeing and rather than panicking it's it's being a problem solver and kind of figuring things out on the fly um, and then you, you see them get better throughout the game because they get off the field and obviously they start talking about stuff on the sideline and, and really start figuring things out. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the I, I think they did a very good job of recognizing some 
things that they didn't know was coming, right? And you're going to get that in, in week one. And you're probably going to get that a little bit in week two with NC State, to be honest with you. And I love the fact that this defense has these veteran guys that can get people in the right spots. And look, you, you can't tell me that J.D. Bertrand and, you know, that entire linebacking core hasn't seen just about everything there is to see nothing's really going to throw these guys for a loop. Yeah. It might not have been in the scouting report. It might not be something that they practiced, but they're, you know, Jack Kaiser and Maris and, you know, say what you want to about Maris, but he's still a veteran. He's still been around the block. He still watched a heck of a lot of film, right? There's not a whole lot. You're going to be able to throw at these guys that they haven't seen before and that they won't be able to get the rest of the team lined up in. And so that was actually very good to see, against Tennessee State, because they definitely threw stuff at them that they weren't prepared for. And as we talked about, Navy is a one-off with the triple option. And so really, Notre Dame came out. They had to play more nickel in this game because of Tennessee State's offense. Really, to an extent for the defense, it was still a little bit like an opener because of the fact how drastically the defense is changing from one game to the next. Jess, Vince and I talked about it. The other day, it felt to me, even though you saw some blitzing still from Al Golden, because Al Golden's going to blitz and stuff like that. We're going to talk about how that does or doesn't apply to this game plan here in a little bit with NC State. Did it feel to you, though, like considering the opponent and considering you you do have a power five opponent this week, did it feel game plan wise defensively a little bit vanilla to you last week? Yeah, I think it's vanilla in the fact that you don't have to do too much. You don't have to outsmart yourself and playing an opponent like Tennessee State. I don't think there's much reason to, to deviate from um, your base defense and, and ultimately put blitzes and different kind of stunts and schemes on film uh, for your bigger opponents down the road. I think you'll see a little bit more of that opened up this week in terms of stunts. I don't think they'll necessarily blitz too much, um, but they'll, they'll get into some stunts amongst their defensive line. Um, and I think in terms of, you know, they might they might stunt, they might bring a linebacker, but they're going to probably drop a defensive line defensive lineman off if they do that. Like, I don't I don't see Notre Dame bringing many five or six man pressures this weekend. I see them getting creative with four man stunts um, and whether that's, you know, mixing in different linebackers and defensive linemen. Um, so I think that goes to, again, you don't want to show these teams that kind of stuff on film early on because there's really no need to. You can stick in your base defense. I mean, when a team doesn't score a touchdown in two games and you haven't really shown much, I think things are pretty, going pretty well. Um, and, and so, there's again, there's no need to break out that stuff until it's until it's required, right? Until you get into a pinch or you're trying to figure out, you know, how to maybe stop a team on a, a second and a 10 or, you know, a third and 10 and, and maybe run like a, a zone blitz or something like that. So. I just think it's really smart to kind of hold that stuff back until you really need to start using it. Which of the two lines for the Irish do you feel better about right now? Offensive line, defensive line, Vince? This is a, this is a good one. Um, it's hard. Because <laughs> I don't think the offensive line played great as a, as a unit last week, right? I think I feel – I okay. I feel better about the offensive line and their ceiling for the rest of – the season right but as as far as production right now and i'm not just talking about on the stat sheet and all that but like actually playing the game right now i feel better about the defensive line going into week three i think the offensive line can match them and then surpass eventually whether that's this week next week or, or the week after whatever but right now i have a little bit more faith in the defensive line i didn't think i'd ever say that 
Um, it's really a toss-up for me, but I know I can't say that. Um, so I'm going to have to say, you know, the offensive line hasn't given up a sack in two games. And I know that the the opponents haven't been, you know, I guess great. But, I mean, early on in the season last year, the offensive line struggled against Marshall. It struggled against Cal. Um and really kind of had some bad performances, but I would think I would lean more so to the defensive line just because of what they're able to accomplish in terms of depth. They have a lot of guys who can rotate in and play at a high level. And I know that's not necessarily needed on the offensive line. You don't, you know, you don't, you're not rotating in offensive linemen, but the offensive lineman isn't dominating to the point where it's, it's more impressive than a defensive line that has depth. And no matter who is in there, they're still going to be able to perform at a high level. So I'm going to have to say I'm more impressed with the defensive line because there's no drop-off between the first, the second, and the third team uh, defensive line that are kind of rotating in. Um, I have to say, I came away from last week's game kind of feeling like empty calories. Like, I, you know, like I, I, I went to five guys, I got the double cheeseburger, and I got the big order of fries, and I totally splurged, and I walked out of there, and then I've got this, you know, then you've got that feeling like, like, Vince doesn't know what this is like because he can eat whatever he wants, whatever he wants. But it's like, I just came out of there sort of expecting more, you know, like I expected a little bit more from both of them against an FCS team. Not that either of them played, you know, really, really poorly, but at the same time, I expected sort of, you know, a, a little bit more physicality, I think, on both sides of the ball that we just didn't get. And it's like, uh, what just happened? You know, Um, but I agree between the two, I definitely still come away with a better feeling about the defensive line right now, I think, than the offensive line. You know, it's just you have to wonder, like when you have these kind of games and those kind of opponents that, you know, you're better than and that like like are they all there mentally? Because there was definitely, especially from the offensive side, like a step slow in some cases that is going to have to be a lot better against a, a, a team like, like NC state today in both on both sides. I think they're going to have to be more focused from the first whistle, you know, all the way to the last whistle. I mean, there's not going to be, I mean, I can't imagine that they're going to be in a situation where a bunch of twos get in or that kind of a thing. I, I'm, that's not what I'm anticipating. And so these guys are going to have to be ready to play. Now I do think, the scenario of first true road game, power five opponent, you know, all of those, all of those things are going to contribute to both lines playing better than they did against Tennessee state. Right. I mean, I just, the Tennessee state game is, was placed exactly where it was for a lot of good reasons. And, you know, you can come out sluggish and still win by 50, you know, that kind of a thing. So I feel good about this team going into NC State. I feel good about both lines. I think they're going to play better than they did last week, but they still got to do it. They mm-hmm. still have to take that step. Yes. This, uh, you know, so we've had a group of five team. We've had an FCS team in the first two weeks. They're 2-0. and They've done all these great things, both offensively and defensively. But doesn't doesn't this kind of feel like like this is where the season really starts because it is? a power five team, like you just said. Yeah, yeah. there's no doubt. Uh, sorry, Jess, go ahead. No, no, it's okay. Uh, I Yeah, it's. I think we all knew that Notre Dame would win these games. 
um, what that looks like and, you know, what the final score was going to be. I think that was the, the piece that was going to be, you know, up for interpretation. Um, but yeah, I, I think everyone knew that, you know, it started here. And I think there's some people who might even be overlooking this game and say, oh, well, it really kind of starts with Ohio State. Um, no, you, you can't overlook an ACC, you know, Power 5 team on the road um, in, in this situation. So I would definitely say that this is where the season starts because I, you're not going to see the backups in in this game, I don't think. Um, you know, I, I, that doesn't, I still think Notre Dame's going to score a lot of points and they're going to win this game rather handedly, but I, you're not going to see the same sort of, you know, experimental type uh, out, of, out of the coaches this week. Yeah, I think I think things get narrowed down a little bit. You know, you've got depth if you need it. That's really again like going back to the benefit of these first two games. You know, you've got it if you need it. But I think I think the reps in some certain cases definitely get assigned a little bit differently. If you, if you can, like, and and we've all played football before. We played different sports before. Like those first couple, whatever sport you're in, especially a physical sport, whether it's football, basketball, you know, track wrestling, you know, like all these swimming, whatever sport it happens to be those first couple of true competitions, your fatigue factor is up a little bit more than it, than it, than it is when you're just scrimmaging, you know, practicing whatever. So like that is a thing of the past. I think there's a little bit more endurance that has been built up. So like you can lean on your number ones more, if you need to, and, and, and you can still go to your number twos, but you're, you're up to game speed a little, yeah. you know, quite a bit more, I think, by going into this game three now than you would be, you know, than, than your first couple of games. Well, I also think that you're going to be up to game subbing as well. I think we're going to get, I think we're going to get more of a clear picture who this staff trusts, like who's going to be out there in some situation. Cause look, was there ever really a high leverage situation in the last two games? I mean, really like game altering, you know, we got to get this third down, cannot punt here, you know, that kind of stuff. No, not really. And so I think that we're going to get a clearer picture of the subbing, you know, at linebacker, at wide receiver, you know, all of the defensive line. Well, what, what's it going to look like in a real game? The wide receiver rotation is really something I'm kind of curious to see who's on the field more in this sure. game, just because yep. of just because like, like there've been some pretty disproportionate reps, like, and this is not a knock on Tobias Merriweather, but obviously when you look at who's got the catches so far, even though Tobias had a couple last week, finally, he's been on the field a heck of a lot more than, than some of these other guys who have more production than him sure. right now. And again, I'm not singling him out. Like even Chris Tyree, who's not at, at Tobias's position, he has a pretty small percentage of the reps in that slot so far. Do we potentially see more of Chris Tyree right. in this game, for example? Like I'm really curious to see how some of that shakes out. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, we've talked about Chris Tyree being the X factor for the season. I think very well be an X factor in this game. Like maybe yeah. didn't want, didn't want to have him out there as much in the first couple of games, you know, let's let the freshman get out there get his feet wet and talking about Jaden Greathouse, you know, and yes, he's produced and he's done all of those things and it's awesome. It's great, but you know, we'll, and we'll see, I, you know, personally, I think Tyree should have played more, but maybe they're saving him for the, these bigger games. And that's fine. You know, let's see what happens. Like that's, 
You're absolutely right, Sean. I think that's going to be very, very intriguing. Chris Tyree, Vince, he's he's got a little uh, – today. This, this game is going to be his game, is all I'm going to say. Jesse's going all in on Chris like Tyree. Well, we're four, we're, baby. We're going to get on- to NC State and some of the breakdown here in just a second. Before we do that, there – you know, the last it's it's amazing. This is only the second time ever Notre Dame has played at NC State. The only other time is the infamous 2016 Hurricane Matthew game that NC State won 10 to 3. And Brian Kelly decided that that passing was the way to go with all that rain coming down. Three and out, three incomplete passes right away. I believe it. I know it was three passes anyway. I, don't, I can't remember if they were all incomplete, but in the very, you know, Notre Dame's first possession of the game, he decided to keep throwing in a hurricane did not go well at all, but that was, that was, that's the only previous time that Notre Dame has ever played at North Carolina state. There is rain in the forecast scattered thunderstorms for this weekend in Raleigh. Hopefully it's not going to be quite as bad as it was seven years ago, but who do you think the rain potentially affects more in this matchup, Notre Dame or North Carolina State? I would say that um, it's equal for different reasons. I think Notre Dame uh, power – North Carolina State would struggle with a downhill power run game that Notre Dame could provide with double tights and Audric Estimate coming down your throat. I think that is not what North Carolina State wants to get into at all defensively. But on the flip side of the coin – I think that Notre Dame would struggle with a mobile quarter like quarterback like Brennan Armstrong if the field is slippery and you're not able to put you know put your foot in the ground and and if he's trying to cut and, and you know get lateral and stuff like that. I think that's something that would uh, ultimately you know benefit someone like Brennan Armstrong. So I think it goes both ways, but ultimately I would say it benefits Notre Dame more because I just don't think that NC State would have an answer for Notre Dame's power run game downhill with Audrey Estimate. It was a very roundabout way of saying exactly what I want to say because I stopped <laughs> listening when you said that Notre Dame is going to have the advantage when they run the ball because I think that's going to be the end of the game. Like that's you, Notre Dame is going to be able to run it right down their throat. And honestly, I still think they're going to be able to throw the ball because it's not going to be hurricane-like conditions. It's yeah, exactly. Great. You just have to pick and choose a little bit right. better about and, when you want to throw. And where where has Sam Hartman played the vast majority of his football? East Coast, baby. And in a lot of weather, you know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. a lot of rain games, you know, all the Carolinas, you know, all of that. So I'm not worried about Sam Hartman in the rain by any stretch of the imagination. Now guys have to catch the ball. Don't get me wrong. But Notre Dame has the clear advantage when they're on the field with the football. Defensively, you know, if it's a slippery field, if it's, you know, this, that, and the other, I still think Notre Dame has the advantage because – you know, NC State's not going to be able to throw the ball if it's wet and rainy. And so now they have to run the ball. Yeah, Notre Dame can load up the box. If Notre Dame knows they're running the ball, it's game over. I mean, the only way Brennan Armstrong is going to be productive is if he's running the ball based on broken plays and if right. we're dropping eight and we're doing things of that nature. It can't be just Brennan Armstrong go run the ball all right. the time. And that's exactly just, it's between the fact that he is not nearly. He doesn't have near the accuracy that Sam Hartman does as a passer. And Notre Dame has the running game that they have. Notre Dame has the more accurate passer and power run game, you know, better better with the offensive line and the whole thing. So I, I think if it, if it has to become that kind of game, it's a huge advantage 
to Notre Dame. When you, like as mobile as Brennan Armstrong is, he's a far less accurate thrower oh, yeah. of the ball, and their receivers aren't as good. And I just, I, I'm not saying that they've got bad receivers, but again, like when you look at their game against UConn last week, they only averaged a little over nine yards per pass. Like that is, <laughs> there's not much there. And right. when you throw that matchup against Notre Dame's secondary, Cam Hart, Benjamin yep. Morrison, you throw Thomas Harper out there on the field as well in the nickel and or Clarence Lewis, who had the pick six last week. I think there's just advantages all over the place yeah. for Notre Dame defensively. And whether it's raining or not, uh, if I'm Al Golden, I feel pretty darn good about loading up the box and letting my guys on the outside go one-on-one against these particular receivers yeah. and against this particular quarterback to be honest. So not true. you don't want to do that every play, obviously, but I still feel pretty comfortable doing it. You know what I mean? And if it rains, that's just even more of an advantage. So um, yeah, I, I think Notre Dame would have the advantage in the rain. All right. Let's look at this matchup a little bit. Jesse, get your whiteboard out. Let's talk a little NC state offense, Notre Dame defense. So their offense basically goes through Brennan Armstrong transferred, of course, from, Virginia mobile quarterback two years ago threw for over 4,200 yards, 32 touchdowns or uh, 31 touchdowns rather when he was paired up with Robert and I, the offensive coordinator. This is like, you know, by this point in the week, we've beaten this storyline up quite a bit. They are reunited. And I was at Syracuse last year. Armstrong headed down here at Virginia last year. He's been banged up the last couple of years. Didn't look great really at UConn last week, other than the fact that he ran for nearly 100 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Jess, do you have your whiteboard ready to go? Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me get it up here real quick. I'm, I'm like resisting my Michael Scott urge as you said that. So, um... <laughs> Oh, that's good. <laughs> Quality. All right, so Vince, you feel free to, to jump in here anytime as well. So this is All North right. Carolina State on offense. Brennan Armstrong, the mobile quarterback, over 1,300 career rushing yards, over 20 career rushing touchdowns, uh, including the two that he had last week, but most of them have come at Virginia. So Jess, the keys to keeping Brennan Armstrong in check, not letting him get going in the running game, go. Yeah, so in terms of, you know, Brendan Armstrong, his first and foremost, he is a run-first quarterback, in my opinion. I think that his passing game comes second to his running game. He looks to be a runner more than he looks to be a passer. Um, and what that means is there's going to be a lot of RPO, um, zone reads, um, and des designed quarterback run plays. Um, so what that means to me, or, or the guys that need to have the biggest game this week, is, is your defensive line. And the reason why... I say it's your defensive line is because um, they're going to be able to control uh, Brennan Armstrong the most. And the thing that you can't do against Brennan Armstrong in this type of offense or a mobile quarterback who likes to run the ball is you cannot blitz these linebackers in any sort of variation because all that's going to do um, is create lanes for someone like Brennan Armstrong. So I don't expect Notre Dame to, to blitz a whole bunch. Um, so, again, what it comes down to is these four defensive linemen. Um, and, and to me, it's it's broken down into your edge rushers and then your interior defensive linemen. Your edge rushers need to be able to come up the field 
um, and play the outside quarterback or sorry, the outside shoulder um, of the quarterback. And, and, and that means they can't get up the field too much. Um, they need to be able to come up the field and either squeeze or condense the pocket um, and, and make sure that if Armstrong is going to go anywhere, he's going to be stepping up, you know, the, the middle here into the lane. So first and foremost, those edge rushers have to be able to, to play the upfield shoulder of the quarterback um, and be able to squeeze or condense the pocket. So that's the thing I look for um, the most out of the outside guys. And then again, on the inside guys, their, their job is really kind of similar. You want to be able to get pressure um, and, and really squeeze or condense the pocket again and allow these guys on the outside to kind of make their way in and, and get to um, someone like Brandon Armstrong. So it should be almost kind of like a party um, at the quarterback. And you can't allow the pocket um, to essentially break down and create lanes for someone like Brandon Armstrong. So in order for the defensive line um, to have an impact, they, they can't just they can't just run you know, typical, you know, under um, or over kind of stunts on the defensive line. You got to get creative with these guys. There's got to be some sort of, you know, twist, four-man stunts, whatever it might be um, amongst these guys. You know, maybe this guy's folding in and this guy's replacing on the outside. You know, whatever that might be, there needs to be some sort of stunt. And uh, something I like a lot is allow your defensive end to drop into coverage and, and bring that def- or your linebacker maybe off the edge, you know a variation of some four-man stunts. If you're going to drop off a defensive lineman, a linebacker's got to replace um, in, in kind of the, the pass rush game, I guess you would say, or, or the containment of, of Brennan Armstrong. Vince, if, if you're doing that, like if you're, if you're dropping off, let, let's say Jordan Botello, you know, the Viper, or the other side, you know, Javante Jean-Baptiste, if that's what you decided to do, even though he's not going to probably be able to cover as much ground in space, is there a linebacker you like the most, you know, just in terms of of uh, bringing some heat on the quarterback? Well, that's where you would have, you know, your Maris Leopold. I think he's probably one of your better pass rushers. I think that's where you could bring in, you know, Dylan Sneed. I think he – you want to give him a very singular mind, you know – a singular thing to do, right? I, I don't want Jalen Snead to sit back and have to read stuff. Yeah, I don't, just don't think he's ready for that. One yet. assignment, basically, yep. like you're here. This is what you're doing on this. Exactly. Snap. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that's that's something that you could bring him in to do. And I think you could be very effective with that uh, for sure. But I, I agree with Jesse as far as how you want to get after Brennan Armstrong. The thing that you absolutely have to make sure of, though is that you're not allowing run lanes. You have to be sound in your pass rush. You have to be sound in your rush, period. You cannot allow lanes and that's unless it's a designed lane where a linebacker is filling or something along those right. lines. But if you give him an inch, he's going to take a mile. You, you just can't allow – and you're doing that to yourself. Like you, can, you just can't allow that. And that's what I think he's saying with why you don't want to traditionally blitz the linebacker unless you're dropping a defensive end out like a zone blitz type situation where you're dropping an end off in coverage or even a defensive tackle, depending on who it is. You don't want to blitz those linebackers so you don't open up those run lanes. Um, The concept of a spy, and that's something Marcus Freeman talked about earlier this week. It's like, you know, you Probably an overrated concept, I think. But what do you guys think of that? You know, Marcus Freeman said you can't just say, well, we're going to put a spy on him all the time. Well, I think it's a situational spy. All you got to do is I don't think you play a spy until you get maybe, a, you know, 
definitely a third and long um, because Brennan Armstrong's arm isn't going to beat you. So if you play good enough coverage, you just don't want the pocket to break down and Brennan Armstrong to be able to improvise on his feet. So I really think it's, <laughs> again, like a second and 15, third and 10 type of spy and you have someone designated, and Vince brought up the best names, in my opinion, the same guys that you'd want blitzing off the edge. You want Maris Leofau, um and Jalen Sneed as, as your spy guys because they have the athleticism um, and the singular focus to make some good plays in open field on an, uh, a talented runner um, of someone like Brennan Armstrong. You know, something that we've seen so far through the first couple of games, we saw it more last week because they played so much, nickel like jack kaiser play in and play out is more assignment sound than maris leofel i mean we've seen that over the last couple of years now you can say that maris has made some improvement this year we saw one or two breakdowns from him last week if they're going to play more nickel that means that there's less jack kaiser as well so i'm, sure. I'm curious to see if if he gets any opportunities in that nickel package as the weak side linebacker potentially i don't know another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're looking for last minute tickets to this weekend's big matchup between Notre Dame and NC State, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. I just had another um, buzzer moment. Okay. Um, to answer your question first. Yeah, to answer your question first. Is it a buzzer or a light bulb moment? Both. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I don't. Jack Kaiser being on and off the field in the nickel doesn't really concern me too much because I think they have some very good nickel players and depth players. So, yes, you're losing a guy who's a very talented linebacker and a guy that's, you know, obviously has a ton of experience and kind of one of the leaders on the defense. But 
it, it, I, I think you, you'll see him more so on the field than not. So that's um, nothing of, of major concern for me. But what I just kind of realized is, you know, we talked about having guys who are able to kind of hold their own in the pass game. And if the pocket is to break down, you want guys who are able to, you know, essentially make a play um, on someone like Brendan Armstrong. And so when you're talking about defensive linemen and defensive end and interior, you know, your interior defensive linemen, I think this is a game where you you might see a little bit of junior Tuyalamaka playing as an interior defensive lineman um, mm. in some, some situations because of the athleticism and the if the pocket is to break down, I think having someone like Junior in there uh, is again is a guy that would match up well with Brendan Armstrong, knowing his background as a linebacker. Hmm. Very interesting thoughts there, Mr. Styers. I can see that. Yeah, I'm, like I'm, where you, you know, potentially like third, line third him up as an interior. Yeah, 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 like on a third and long yep. uh, type play. I, I I definitely think you would see him as an interior defensive lineman at some point in this game. I like your uh, your NASCAR formation. You know, you're going to get some speed and athleticism on the field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So that is NC State offense, Notre Dame defense. Let's flip it to the other side now, that 3-3-5 defense that we've been talking about all week for North Carolina State and uh, how Notre Dame potentially needs to go about attacking that. Yeah, so uh, let me shift this a little bit. I got a little bit ahead of myself. I want to start in the middle of the field um, and, and this sort of looks. So traditionally in a in a 3-3-5 three, three, uh, look, you obviously you have, you know, three, three or sorry, three defensive linemen, three linebackers, um, and then five, you know, defensive backs. But those two, two of those defensive backs are, are more so considered kind of like overhang players. They're like a hybrid between a defensive back um, and a linebacker. But in, in the base, de- you know, their base defense here, and that's what I'm trying to get lined up a little bit better um, so we can have a better vis- visual representation. If you, if you were in the middle of the field um, with two wide receivers split out on each side, um, the, the primary zones that you want to look at when attacking – um, this defense is the the edges in terms um, of the run game. So, you know, you want to attack kind of out here on the perimeter if you're going to run. Um, and then if you're going to do anything in the passing game, the, the, the seams are going to be the areas of the field that are going to be, you know, pretty open here for Notre Dame. So that's kind of why I was talking about Chris Tyree is because if, if you have an inside wide receiver – um, you can go two routes up the seam. You can have a fast guy that you hope to, you know, blaze down the field, or you can go with, you know, traditionally sometimes Notre Dame will line up their, their wide receiver out there um, as well. They'll split them out there, and, and that would give you a size advantage um, up the seam. But in, in, the, in the basis of this defense, the 3-3-5, the weak spots of the field are the edge in terms of the run game and the seams in terms of the pass game. And what makes the 3-3-5 um, a very effective defense is it's it's high risk, high reward, and there's just a ton of athleticism and speed on the field. That's what you're going to see amongst that group of five, really, of that, you know, linebackers or hybrids of, you know, defensive back linebackers. There's just so much athleticism and the ability to get downhill fast. And that's what Marcus Freeman talked about um, in one of his press conferences this week is these guys make it look like they're blitzing. Well, it's not that. They're just downhill quickly. They read very quickly. Um, so overall, that is something to look for. Um, 
I think in terms of what Notre Dame would do to, you know, potentially kind of combat this defense is let me get here a bunch of, I'm hitting like control Z Vince, here as much let as Let me I just, can. while you clear some of that off, let me ask Vince something because to Jesse's point, like the athleticism that they have, NC State is undersized yep. with, with those defensive linemen. Notre Dame's got a big size advantage. But again, as we saw last week, Notre Dame was a little bit slow footed sometimes you know what 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 kind of concerns does that give you does it give you any real concerns I mean it doesn't give me a whole lot of concern I feel like you know I love a three front personally I think that I love a three front from an offensive standpoint let me be clear on that okay uh, so you're saying you like to see your you you're you you start licking your chops a little bit when you see oh. an odd three-man front especially if I know that I can run the football. Like if I'm a power running team, that's my identity. Bring on a three front. Okay. Because my guards are uncovered, which, you know, obviously in a forefront, that's not the case. And that means they've got a free release to the second level. And so they, it's almost like they get a head start to those athletic linebackers uh, and to, and to get a helmet on them. And then you're going to hand the ball off to somebody like, Audric Estime and, or, or any of the backs for that matter, but especially Estime because of how big he is and how mm-hmm. downhill he runs. I mean, you're giving him an advantage because he's not going to get touched until he gets to the second level potentially. And so I love going up against a three front, even at the high school level, uh, because if you don't have a dude at the nose, it, you're in for a long night. And I just don't know that the nose for NC State is good enough to really wreak havoc in in the three three five that NC State runs, yeah, I think that what what you'll see is you know with the three man front, like Vince said, you can get very outmatched, and with Notre Dame's kind of physicality and size, I think you'll see a lot of Audric Estime up the middle, um, and then I was just kind of going through you know how the edges provide you know um, a weakness of this defense. I think you'll see a lot of you know Jeremiah Love and Jadarian Price kind of on more of those outside runs, and then Audric Estime kind of you know, pounding the ball up the middle. So it, it, it very well could be a very long game for NC State because of the fact that they want to go with an odd front on the defensive line. All right. Did you have something else you wanted to uh, drop there real quick, Jess? Yeah, so uh, I think in terms of the passing game, what you would see out of Notre Dame is variations of trips. And, and the it, you would see it when Notre Dame – is on the hash. Uh, I don't. I don't see it as much when a team is in the middle of the field. But uh, when Notre Dame's on the hash, you want to put trips into the field side. Um, you know whatever that might be. So right now I have the ball on the right hash. Um, quarterback and running back and shotgun. Three wide receivers to the field side and one uh, wide receiver to the boundary. Why this is significant is because what Notre Dame can do in terms of manipulation. When you go three three guys to the field side here in a three three five defense. What that does is it, it, it manipulates the um, the field side linebacker, overhang player, you know, whatever you want to call it. He now has to displace out here. And usually what you see is he splits the difference between the number three wide receiver and the end man on the line of scrimmage. So he's going to be here. Um, and, and ultimately what that's going to do is cause these linebackers to bump over a little bit. And then the guy in the, the linebacker into the boundary, the far linebacker into the boundary here. He, he still has to stay outside here because he's got, you know, running back responsibilities. So what does that leave? That leaves five guys in the box and five linemen for Notre Dame. That's a hat on a hat. Um, and if you start pulling these guards like we saw last week, 
basically the running back just has to beat one guy or no guys as long as his guy, as long as the offensive lineman account or get a hat on someone. So when you displace that linebacker, it creates an even matchup in the box. Um, and then in terms of the pass game. Well, and as you pointed out the other day, that's essentially what you're talking about is how Jeremiah Love scored his long touchdown run. Yeah, it, it, these two guards pulled out in front of him. Um, and, and that's exactly what you would see. You'd see both of these guards probably pulling um, and they would just have to essentially, you know, seal this overhang linebacker and maybe climb up, you know, to the, to this free safety that's up here a little bit. And I mean, they're off to the races um, at this point. So when you go trips into the field like this, you have the, the, the linebacker has to displace and you leave even numbers in the box in terms of, you know, five guys on five offensive linemen and five defensive players um, in the box. But what makes this three, three, five difficult for someone like Sam Hartman is in their pre-snap shell uh, of the three, three, five defense, they can be playing cover one and cover three, and you you really don't know um, at all what, which one it's going to be. And even, you know, we've talked about in the past sending guys in motion um, in order to help the quarterback understand, you know, what's going on. That's not going to help against North Carolina State because of, you know, having five linebackers. These guys just bump over, you know. It's just uh, these all these guys are going to be in line. And if you send someone in motion, it's not going to give you any tells. So, um, North Carolina State is going to be running a lot of cover one and cover three, and the quarterback's not really going to know pre-snap what's coming. So having someone like like Sam Hartman with a ton of experience and being able to read defenses um, is going to be very beneficial uh, for someone like Notre Dame. And then when you start you start going into you know what kind of routes might beat um, a three three five defense. Well, if they're running cover three, you know that they only have three guys dropping deep. Uh, Vince, I don't know about you, but if, th- if they're dropping three team or three guys deep, I'm running four verts all day. Oh long yeah. Cause they're not. And, and so I think if you were an, a, a fan of the downfield ball, um, you know, some deep shots that we really haven't seen yet, that's what you're going to see in this game. Because, you know, if they're going to run cover three and you got four wide receivers, allow those guys, um, to run four verts. And then kind of what I was talking about a little bit go up in terms of another Slow area down. of weakness, Slow down. Slow um, down. On the defense is these <laughs> seams. And so I think you'll see Chris Tyree running up these seams a lot. And you'll see these bigger tight ends running up the seams a lot. Bingo, bongo, baby. It just All he has to do is bend it a little bit. And then all Sam Hartman has to do is read that safety. Yep. Safety goes one way. He goes the other. Touchdown. Easy. And uh, another thing I like is, you know, with the, the trips into the field side, that leaves this boundary corner one-on-one. Because uh, the safety's got to help on the trip side over the top. So um, look for that matchup into the boundary. I know North Carolina State, their best their best cover player is going to be this guy. Well, obviously, because it's a one-on-one matchup. You want your best cover corner uh, in a one-on-one matchup. So I, I don't know who that's going to be into the boundary, um, but I think that's something that Notre Dame has practiced all week of who that is and how they're going to be, you know, single coverage potentially into the boundary. All right. That's all I got, people.